0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and good night. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope it's good. My name is Grant Howard, and I'm joined, as ever, by noted professor of the strange, the absurd, the interesting, and the false, Christopher Taylor. Hello. Hello. This is the something in our series of Hearty Dice Lectures. And I think my favourite thing about the Hearty Dice Lectures is how we always start off with a fancy voice and then lose that almost instantly. Quite, quite. Shall we lose it now? Let's. Good. Hello. Hello. This is a bonus episode, of course, paid for by the lovely patrons, uh, who are, in this episode, Sean Smith, Stephen Rudkowski, and Daniel Roberts. And they've picked out some topics for us to talk about. Uh, Some uh, topics on varying levels of capability, which we have to talk about. (laughs) Some of which we can easily talk about, and some of Mm. which we just can't. So we're going to go from hard to easy. Yes. Uh, And Chris has volunteered to take the difficult one, and by volunteered... I have um, been volunteered. He made the mistake of researching it before I did. Yes. Yes. And so, to that end, uh, Christopher Taylor, if you could tell us about superstring and M-Theory, please. So,
1: M-Theory is a unifying theory that unifies all the different String Theory theories.
0: What's String Theory?
1: I'm glad you asked, mm. because I
0: had to look that up too. One would hope.
1: So, String Theory is Aye. a unifying theory in itself... To unify the four forces of the universe electromagnetic force, strong nuclear force, weak nuclear force, and gravity.
0: Okay. Strong and weak nuclear force. Yes. That sounds made up. Doesn't it? I guess it's all made up, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yes. As we'll find out later.
0: Mm. This is this is kind of where um, where where like it's very far away from the physics that we learnt in high school. It's physics it's kind of the wild west of physics, where anything goes, right?
1: Yes, and this is very much uh, an area where anybody can say anything, and as long as it sounds basically okay, nobody's mm. really got a reason to doubt it
0: because because it, it's all theoretical.
1: Well, yeah, in a lot of cases, there's no way to prove it. Hmm, I like that. It's,
0: it's, <laughs> I like that approach of, to science.
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the way that we'd have to do it if we attempted come, science.
0: Come at me, bro. I'm a scientist. Yeah,
1: you can't tell I'm wrong.
0: I like it. So M-theory is a unifying theory between string theories, themselves unifying theories. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So string theory does away with the idea that subatomic particles are points. That they're replacing them with the notion that they're bits of energy called strings. So they're interlinked. Right. Lines
0: rather than say quarks, yeah, it's an, extended, uh, and the other ones. <laughs> it's an
1: extended 2D point,
0: right? Gotcha, rather than a that, 1D, it makes placement. more sense. I'll be honest with you like up, up to a certain number, the more dimensions you got, the more sense you make. Well,
1: exactly. Um, that number
0: is three. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is,
1: so a mathematical result of string theory is that the mm. theory only makes sense. In a world with more than three dimensions. Yes. So we've got left, right, up, down, front, back. That's three dimensions. mm mm-hmm. um, But the only way that it works is if there are six or ten. Right.
0: Right. Do they know what the other ones are?
1: Not really.
0: No, they're just posited.
1: But there are there are rather wonderfully a couple of solutions as to where those dimensions have gone. Ooh, where did they go? So the first one is that they're curled up; they're just
0: really small, and oh, we can't see them, like a cat, like a kitten. Oh, I should I, call it kitten thing. I love
1: the idea that it's just yes, just I, can't, actually, we wait. just can't see those directions; wait. too tiny.
0: What do kittens like playing with? Balls String. of yeah. It's all, claw- it's all coming together. You've got to follow the money, man. Follow the money. <laughs>
1: and the other the, the other one is that we're stuck on the three-dimensional brain mm they use brain a lot which throws me
0: but B R A N E, right like
1: membrane right
0: that's that that kind of sounds like like a, like the sort of cool suffix you'd find in a cyberpunk role playing game well exactly yeah hey cred snatcher, get on the right brain
1: and the the idea is that extra dimensions extend off of this brain but we just can't get to them
0: right because we can't perceive them we don't have the we don't have the toolkit necessary to understand these.
1: Well, no, like in in this version, we we can't access them because we can't. We're not on that brain.
0: Right, it's we're like not on not, that. It's like not, not being able that. to
1: access that shop because we're not on the the street the shops on. We're on a different right. world.
0: Right, I understand. So, like, it's um, it's it's almost like a it's like a parallel universe, except we just can't get there.
1: Yeah, it's an adjunct universe.
0: Yeah, well, it's, I suppose it's all the same universe, except we can't interact with it in any way because we're we're just made of rubbish old meat rather than cool hyper gas or whatever you'd need <laughs> to get up to six dimensions.
1: So I, I I feel I should state that in my notes for this lecture because I made notes.
0: I, I did. I did have us both make notes. Every
1: bit that I don't understand has been replaced by the words "big maths" in capitals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So there's a lot of the words just big maths. Please read us through. Um, so, like, for instance, so there are five different versions of superstring theory. Mm-hmm. However, they all relate. And these distinct theories can be unified by big maths. <laughs> Good. Because God, God knows how, how you attempt to explain this to somebody who hasn't done a decade worth of physics.
0: I guess it's I guess it's it's astonishingly difficult thinking. And like because it's theoretical as well. You have to get your brain, you have to do some real sort of karma sutra with your brain to get it into this to get it into the right positions. Yes.
1: It's, it's, you have to be the sort of person who has one of those clear whiteboards that you can do mm. maths on.
0: I thought those were only for crime.
1: No, they're they're also for science. Oh, okay. Um they had white whiteboards. clear boards? The best part of it is that M theory The Unified Version of String Theory, according to a man named Witten, could stand for magic, mystery, Mm -hmm. or membrane.
0: That's brilliant. Now, I must ask, when they called it M-Theory, did they not know what the M stood for?
1: I don't believe they did.
0: (laughs) Because the the reason... reason, These these motherfuckers are doing quantum physics like we write games. We can do the
1: basics of it, but we can't write a name.
0: No, in as much as, like, M Theory. What does that mean? Ah, we'll work it out. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But he says, like, it should stand for Magic, Mystery, or Membrane. Depending Mm. on when we get all the maths to work, we'll work out which one the name, which name fits.
0: Oh, that's what, Magic Theory? I like Mystery Theory. That's pretty good. They all sound... Mystery Theory sounds more like a a 1950s American TV show. Yeah. You have entered the Mystery Theory.
1: But it's... It's such a complex topic. Like, not even, like, the base level. Like, understanding what M-theory is is fairly simple.
0: I can just about handle the idea of subatomic physics. Yeah. In that everything's made up of small bits, and those small bits are made up of even smaller bits.
1: Yeah, and those small bits are linked in some way. Mm Mm-hmm. And they do stuff to each other. Yeah. And, like, M-theory is just a load of different theories... Bundled under one header that unifies them so they all make sense together. Kind of. But the problem is
0: mm-hmm. that the
1: applications of those
0: mm.
1: are just insane.
0: Mm.
1: Like, one approach to formulating M theory and studying its properties is provided by the anti D sitter conformal field theory correspondence. Right. Fucking what?
0: You can take any specialist topic and, and 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 throw funny words at me, and it's going to sound confusing.
1: Well, there's hyperbolic discs, each each one representing the state of the universe at a given time with anti de Sitter space in the middle.
0: Now, I thought hyperbolic meant exaggerated. That's is it. that is is that would that be hyperbolic?
1: I, I I don't know. Like hyperbole? I I literally don't know. Like just to give you some idea of what I'm dealing with here, this is the title of one of the essays. In the yeah. Journal of High Energy Physics, that this was taken from. It's just the <laughs> Iron- title.
0: <laughs> How, so, are we talking like when, when they say high energy physics, like fun? <laughs> no, oh, okay. physics
1: running at high energy, I assume.
0: Uh, right. But well, the, title what was, what's, what's the title
1: is N equals six superconformal Chern Simmons matter theories, M2 brains and their gravity jewels.
0: I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, I'm convinced because they use the phrase gravity jewels duels that, as
1: in two of d D U
0: A L S I'm unconvinced again. Yes. I could I could conceive of a gra- of a gravity duel. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, oh of course that, I I guess that's like some sort of nodule that gravity comes out of or goes into.
1: Yeah, and like Dion monopole bound states, self dual harmonic forms on the multi monopole moduli space and SL brackets two Z invariance in string theory. And then there's one fella. There's one fella called Gregory Moore. And I love this man. Because in, in a field of all of this shit, there's just, what mm-hmm. is, ellipses, a brain? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, Gregory.
1: <laughs> you are working on my level, my friend.
0: Are they, uh, at headlines uh, scale, anyway. Yeah. I'm, I worry if he explained it, then he'd lose us.
1: I think he probably would. I, he uses mm. a whole bunch of maths. Big
0: maths. Big maths. Big daddy maths.
1: But crucially, his his thing is two pages long. Mm. And I'm super happy with that.
0: Thank you, Gregory. So, what, do you have any closing thoughts on M-theory and whether it's a good or a bad thing?
1: It's a good thing because it unifies multiple theories into a working model. Mm. Which could lead us to a lot of very interesting things. Yeah.
0: But teleportation.
1: Yes, but it is so far
0: removed
1: from everybody's everyday life Mm. that it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like it might as well be a wizard at that point. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's
1: like somebody detailing what an Australian man in his mid-thirties is doing at every second of every day.
0: Well, I mean, like it's so
1: far removed from me, and you're also
0: a man in your thirties.
1: Yeah, but I'm also existing within this space.
0: Yes, I suppose so. It's so very this, far away from your... It's
1: very far away from me, and I just don't care.
0: Mm. Well, Struth, that's not very nice of you.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's so granular. Mm. And like, I understand that you need someone that you need it, and it's very useful. It could lead. Well,
0: to, do we? Hmm? To, it could lead to
1: wonderful things like solving
0: energy problems and, and hmm? traveling they're, through they're space. They're and, putting all this money into quantum mechanics, but I, I, still get my car stuck in traffic.
1: I don't think they're putting a lot of money into quantum mechanics.
0: I don't think I own a car. Uh, that is also true.
1: But I think I think we should move to something that might be more comprehensible than hmm. whatever Sean Fuck Daddy Smith
0: gave to us. <laughs> love, love that name. Uh so Stephen Rakowski writes in and says flat earth theory is described by someone who believes the earth is flat. So I did I did some research. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Isn't flat it? Flat earth theory. Uh, and I'm going that uh, before before I drop into the character of someone who believes the earth is flat it is it makes a lot of sense if at no point you trust anything that anyone says to you. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a surprising amount of sense it's like oh well I've seen a plate I guess we're just on a big plate it makes a lot more sense than well I've seen balls but people don't stick to balls I <laughs> speak guess, for yourself speak for <laughs> yourself it is warm at the moment but <laughs> but um, it's it makes sense from a child's point of view and then I guess in like unless you can trust the idea that maybe people know more about shit than you do yeah then then it then then it doesn't work. However, flat earth theory. Okay. So you think the earth is a globe, right? I do. You fucking idiot. Oh. You're you're running off you're running off science done by the ancient Greeks Everyone since the ancient Greeks has believed the world was around and is using the same fallacious proof to prove so. I'm not sure whether fallacious means what I think it means. <laughs>
1: Do you mean salacious false? proof?
0: I think I meant false. Yeah. The same false proof. So rather than being on a big circle, which makes no sense, could we fucking fall off, wouldn't we? You know?
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: We are on a we are on a circle. We are on this nice flat plane. All the all the countries that you know and love are there. Okay. Um, okay. Like some people think Australia doesn't exist, but that
1: might be the, pushing it.
0: Yeah, I think like like we've got we've got a pretty solid idea that Australia is real. It's quite hard to disprove Australia. I don't think that's a conspiracy. Yeah. Some parts of Australia aren't real, like the bits in the middle. There's no real purpose for them aside yeah. from to catch fire.
1: Australia is a hoop around danger.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. However, let's assume like I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna come at this on with, uh, with with the the mindset of a fairly moderate flatter. <laughs> okay. The world is flat. All the continents you know and love are there. The sun is about thirty-five miles across, up okay. in the sky, and it does loops. It does. It does. It it, it transcribes a smaller circle around us. Right. So, um, or like some people believe that it goes around the disk, and like, and, and so like goes underneath at night. But that doesn't really explain like time. So if it goes in a circle, then you then you can sort of have oh, so it's. It's daytime in the UK, but the sun's at its furthest point away from Australia we because it's because it's like well no it, well mod, I'm, I'm moderate I believe oh, Australia yes. exists yeah. Australia is the furthest point away in the circle so then it's dark there and then it rotates round and so just 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 just, just imagine just just get a circle and, and trace your finger around the outside and that's the sun mm-hmm. right now you may ask Grant if the world is flat how come we've never seen the edge well. Sheeple, I'll tell you.
1: Thanks thanks for saying sheeple. The ice
0: wall. The ice wall. The ice wall. There is a wall of ice about hundred and fifty foot high, I believe, which goes around the whole world. Okay. Um it extends potentially forever. <laughs> okay. How I mean but like Put it this way: space extends forever, so why not ice walls? <laughs> I, I, can, I can give you some reasons why an ice walls because it'd melt. But uh, oh, we wouldn't necessarily melt if it was in space. Point is, it just, it's just ice forever. It gets very dark and very black, and it's it's kind of equivalent, like in an Ubisoft game, when you stray off the path, and <laughs> yeah. and it, and, it uh, and it's and and your character will die from a brain aneurysm unless you get back on the path in 10, 10 seconds or less. Now, another question you might think is space travel. People have gone to space. How how come people have gone to space if the world is flat?
1: Well, and How come well, they've never seen the ice wall?
0: I've got a simple answer for you, Chris. No one's been to space. You can't go. Oh. NASA did loads of experiments for years and years and years and couldn't get a single rocket up there. Then... Suspiciously, they launched every rocket just fine, aside from two, one of which exploded and killed everyone on board. Now, 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 a rational, an irrational human being might say, "Well, looks, like, looks like they figured out rockets." Yeah. <laughs> no, what they figured out was they only had to make the rocket go far enough away to be out of sight, at which point they detonated it. Or what. Um. I I don't as I said, moderate flat earther. I'm uh, uh so, sorry um sorry, it, it, it would have to penetrate the atmosphere.
1: The atmosphere.
0: Not, not atmosphere, because that's a that's a sphere in it, mate. Atmosphere. layer. Beautiful. Hmm. Uh, which of course I, as a flat earther, believe. I'm um saying. So they then staged them and there's a lot of pictures of the moonlander uh like my favorite one is a picture of a of, there's a rock crater in the moon and um the, and the the moon buggy has uh gone over the lip of the of, of the crater and the uh, and so like it would have had one set of wheels on the inside and one set of wheels on the outside and the, and, and the caption which i could have written as a flat earther it's like hey if you're a real buggy driving moon man why would you drive into the crater
1: that's their proof
0: there's also some pictures where there's the picture of the Lunar Lander and no tracks around it. Um, which, I don't know, maybe those guys who were, I suppose some sheeple will claim that the guys who were operating around the Lunar Lander, uh, the, the, so, sorry, sorry, the buggy, um, were, were kicking up dust and covering the tracks. But, you know, pff, whatever. Lives. It's clearly filmed at a back lot just outside California. <laughs> NASA is a hoax. China has been has been faking their own space station missions. The ISS does exist, but it's just a means of putting fake stars up in the sky. What? Yeah, which is weird, because we've got real stars up there.
1: But they, they, suggest, that, so they suggest there's real stars and fake yes.
0: ones. Well, you know...
1: So what is a real star?
0: Um not really get into that. I presume another flat Earth, billions of miles away,
1: <laughs> somewhere in the ice wall.
0: Um, yeah, the ice wall theory is fascinating, um, and uh, we we discussed uh, Chris and I discussed the flat Earth theory recently because uh, yeah, Chris found an article which we lost unfortunately, can't find it again about uh, the flat Earth conference recently, mm. which is delectable. Um, current, like one of the current exciting theories is that the Earth. Is operates like a Pac-Man level, so if you go off one side, you just sort of respawn on the other.
1: Yeah, not because see... you've gone round a, round a sphere.
0: No, 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 no. No, you've pac manned your way around. I I don't see why like like why a sphere is so hard for them to wrap their heads around if they can do that. Yeah. Also, things like the uh, the the Earth is flat, but inside an egg <laughs> is another one. <laughs> Like a cosmic egg. Uh, again, I'm moderate. I simply believe in an eternal ice wall. Yes, obviously. Uh, and a monumentally huge government cover-up. Just colossal. Mm.
1: Like, they, they, like I'm amazed they can do anything else.
0: Well, I guess like the people with resources capable of going to the ice wall and learning about it are, um, well, they're not the sort of people who're posting on Earth websites, are they? No,
1: no, no they're not.
0: No. I'm not sure what benefit hiding the true flat nature of the earth has. No, it doesn't strike me. I don't know what the useful. government's I don't know what the government's getting out of this. Um considering that I mean I'm assuming planes still work and things. Yeah. Like I I don't I don't see what, like like the conspiracy for space travel works because at that point you can say well we have space travel now we can control the world because because we've got satellites up there and we can shoot lasers down control the weather shit like that yeah it was in fact I think I think it was it was President Lyndon B Johnson who said the master of the world will uh, sorry the the, the 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 true location for the master of the world will be somewhere in space. And then, um, and a year later, they changed the name of the uh, of, of the Army uh, Ballistic Missiles Laboratory to the National Association of Space Aeronautics. NASA. Oh. Mm. Mm. Can I drop out a character now? Please. I re I think it's so funny that rather than NASA just working out rockets, <laughs> <they're> just, <laughs> they just decided like, ah, fuck it. We'll this will this we push them till no one can see them. It's genius,
1: like yeah, it's great, and the the, the pure bloody-mindedness of it all, mm. just like no, no, that's not true.
0: Now I will say, as I said at the start, it makes sense if you don't know anything about gravity. Like but some of if, it doesn't. Like, what's the thing? Like, like I'm, I'm reading. it, I'm like, oh, this adds up. You know, I could buy this. I, like if I if if. if if I was, if I'd been encouraged to doubt intellectuals rather than to respect and believe intellectuals, like a lot of Americans are, mm, that is uh, true. like especially in in in, in the Midwest, uh, there's a great deal of sort of anti-intellectualism. If someone presented me with, with with an alternate theory which made, on paper, more sense than 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 we're all on a massive ball of rock which is spinning both on its axis and through space just by chance
1: yeah
0: like no oh, God did it oh okay
1: cool but like how do they explain that the middle of the earth is warmer
0: is what sorry is warmer uh, that's where the sun is I guess
1: but then it would always be
0: day no no, no sorry um, so that's that's where the sun passes over directly
1: right okay and yet the, the ice wall still maintains a perfect 360 yeah without melting
0: in, in, infinite. Well, like the ice wall, is significantly. Well, I mean, the ice wall is very far away from the equator, as it were, isn't it?
1: But the the equator is just a bit through the middle, so presumably Actually, it's going to touch the edge at some point.
0: Well, if that's that's true on the that's true on the sphere as well. Like, um, you're like rather than having a um, you you're more sort of like smushing down the globe, so it, it sort of rolls out. Okay, and then so so like Argentina and uh so australia is closer to the edge than britain is britain's quite close to the center yeah and then right in the middle you've got the north pole and then on the outside you've got the infinite ice wall and the sun goes around roughly equidistant between australia and the uk
1: it's just it's so bonkers to me
0: i i i have i have a certain amount of fondness for people who are this set in their ways yeah, but but like, not enough to talk to them or respect I've, their thoughts. I've been
1: in a plane and looked out of a window.
0: Have you though? Yes. Oh yeah.
1: So have you? Like oh. I've been in a plane, looked out of a window, and gone. Oh look, the Earth is round. Mm, you can well, f- you can see it.
0: Look, mate. What if that was just them broadcasting round images to you? <laughs> oh my god. Have <laughs> you? Oh, that's the thing. Like, like so. We've like we've all been on flight simulators. I assume you've been on like like one of those bumpy flight sims used to get to museums and stuff. Yeah. Like, what's the difference between that and a plane? Nothing. Graphics. Nothing.
1: (laughs) One of my favourite Flat Earth pictures is of a man standing on a mountain. Yes. And he's saying that town is sixteen miles away from me. Mm -hmm. If the Earth was round, it should curve in some way. You know, it should it should be on a bend. Mm. And he's taken this picture, and the entire horizon is curved. <laughs> it's completely curved. And he's like, Why isn't that town bent? I'm like, well, you're looking about a foot off where you should be looking.
0: <laughs> it's curved behind the town because the town's on the way.
1: <laughs> it's so, so idiotic. Mm.
0: Anyway, let's go on to our last topic. Let's. Our last topic this episode. Is uh, Daniel Roberts writes in and says, Hi, please talk about robot wars. Specifically, what your plan would be to fuck up some badly designed remote controlled cars and how disappointingly shit the flamethrower is. <laughs> I, the the flamethrower al- was dire. I always liked to kill a lot with this flamethrower, but it doesn't do anything.
1: No, and he has that one little pincer claw, like a lobster.
0: Like, I like I figure like if you can get if you can pierce a hole in the enemy armor. And then, effectively, napalm in there—you're going to start messing up the internals.
1: But you need to make a big enough hole to get the fire in.
0: Precisely. So you need some sort of pickaxe, and then you've got to you got to withdraw the pickaxe. Let's, so let's briefly discuss what robot was it? Is yes, for, for the, for the, perhaps the, I think everyone knows what it is.
1: We should check.
0: Robot Wars is a. It was a. It was a show on the BBC. I think they had an equivalent in America as well, and I'm sure they had them all over. But ours was hosted by Jeremy Clarkson. Um, who wore a leather jacket? Now he doesn't wear leather jacket jackets, but is still an asshole. Yeah. Uh, but he he produces it's not Top Gear he produces anymore because he punched someone after he brought him the wrong temperature of steak. Mm. He's on Amazon now doing doing Top Gear, but without the whole car review bit of it. <laughs> what a miserable prick! Yep. Gladly see him run over by a truck. Um, Jeremy Clarkson and Philippa Forrester. Hallowed be her name. Lovely, lovely Philippa Forrester. Lovely Philippa Forrester, who was who was approachably pretty, and my add, used to host um, Tomorrow's World, so she clearly knew about science. Yep, important. I, I really like I, I, like growing up. There was like, a, a lot of a lot of young boys, I think, and but several young girls had a lot of feelings about Philippa Forrester. Yes, for because sure. you you were into robot wars, and as yep. far as you know, so was she. <laughs> Robot Wars was a. It was an arena battle program. It was on BBC on Friday nights. I think it was Fridays. It was after The Simpsons. I think it was on BBCs on Friday. Uh, BBC Two on Friday nights, and uh, teams of amateur enthusiasts would build robots. Now there'd be about they generally wheeled constructions because robots with legs don't really work unless you are um, the sort of mad scientists who work and make Big Dog. What are they called? The guys who make Big Dog. Um, uh, I can't think robotics yeah I can't. nightmare Boston. robotics Boston yes Boston Dynamics yep who make those just horrendous stitched together leg beasts oh they're just nightmarish <laughs> like, oh good
1: we've taught this one to jump six stories <laughs> fuck off
0: um they made wheeled robots, which were which were controlled with with, with remote controls. They were armoured, and the uh, and the, uh, the idea was they, they were put into this arena, and the arena had like cool trapdoors and gouts of flame, and I think like conveyor belts at some point as well, and, and like spikes, swi- and... spikes, swinging pendulums, like proper sort of like uh, it was it was very nineties um, industrial punk aesthetic. Yep. Um, it it looked a, it looked a lot like the industrial section of the Crystal Maze, which I still say is one of the best TV shows ever made. Hundred percent. A really, really fast, a really fantastic way of, of 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 playing games. Like one one of the most exciting games ever presented. And so it had this it had this industrial punk style. And the the idea was you had to immobilize the other robot, or if the chuck robot, them
1: out of the arena. Uh,
0: it was it was quite hard to chuck them out of the arena. It Generally was it
1: was hard, but it was still a win condition.
0: Yeah, I think also they had quite high walls. Like like get no, them in they had They had
1: little walls. And then big um, oh, okay. safety glass walls.
0: Oh, Okay, so like so, so, like sumo. If you if if you could push them out, or if you get them on their back, or get them down one of the holes, then you won. Yep. And there was uh, there there were these uh, teams of amateurs who brought in their robots, and there was the house robots. <laughs> yes. Should also note that there was there was a brief there was a brief resurgence of robot wars about I'm going to say about six years ago, nearly ten years ago. Hosted by everyone's favourite Craig Charles. Yep. Um, Um, Who? I can't remember who else was with him. I presume a woman. Yeah. I don't. I I don't think she was quite as famous as Philippa Forrester. Craig Charles now now a sad, tired man. (laughs) Yes. A a sad, dreary man who is just not lister, listless. they, they, they fought the house robots and each other. And one of the house robots, my favourite, was Sir Killalot, which was a centaur style. I think he was tracked, wasn't he? Rather, yeah, he rather was, than having he was wheels. tracked
1: and had like a knight's helmet head.
0: Yeah. Um, and he, he, had, he had like armors which moved. So I think he had some sort of axe or a lance yeah. and a flamethrower, neither of which were good weapons. Also a pincer claw, which was maybe fine.
1: Most of the house robots were ineffectual.
0: Mm. There's one which looks a bit like a hedgehog.
1: I can't remember any and of the other names. I
0: don't remember the third one. Now, there's one fundamental problem with Robot Wars, is that it is a solvable puzzle. <laughs> you can solve Robot Wars by making a wedge. Yeah, you put wheels on the underside of a wedge drive it under another robot, and then if you're feeling fancy, you put, pneumatic, um, you put pneumatic pistons in there, which flip the other robot over, and you win. So You this, have zero ground clearance, but it doesn't really matter.
1: This was briefly upset
0: mm, midway
1: through by the appearance of a robot called Hypnodisc.
0: Oh, Hypnodisc! So, a
1: Hypnodisc, essentially, like oh. a box of tissues <laughs> with an enormous circular um, spinning disc on it. And mm. rather than being like a saw blade, it just had four very sharp teeth. Mm. And everyone's like, that thing's going to be rubbish. It's just going to get flipped over. So they just run their machines at it. And this, mm. this disc was spinning so fast and these teeth hit so hard that it would just rip the panels off of everything <laughs> that it touched. It would just yeah. destroy it because nobody really reinforced it because everybody was playing to the to the meta of mm. being part of a scoop. mm so nobody had jackhammers or anything like that, and Hypnodisc just broke robots. It destroyed kids' dreams, mm, and it was teams fa- of kids. Yeah, and it was fantastic. It massacred yeah. its way through uh, about two or three seasons before people worked out how to deal with it.
0: And like that's that I think produces a much more exciting footage, much more exciting game to watch. Yeah, because you. Like just watching someone flip over, so like like, like, like there's, there's a lot of tactical, but it's it's almost the equivalent of soccer, In that like 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 there's, there's a lot of back and forth. There's, there's a lot of like oh, 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 like circling each other and then making that dash. Whereas if the game's about knocking the tar out of each other until the robot stops working, that's a much better fight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's a boxing match at that point.
1: And there's <laughs> not the, that there's I watch
0: football or boxing. But yeah, there's sorry. the
1: Japanese automated version. Have you seen this?
0: The Japanese have done some interesting things.
1: So they've made one where the robots are only about... You could hold them comfortably in in two hands. They're about maybe a foot across. Mm. But they're using that kind of really basic AI, like a Roomba has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A bit upgraded from that, so I can tell where the other robot is. And they're basically just scoops as well. But they also move at about 300 miles an hour. (laughs) And the arena is about five foot across
0: it's like battle pinball
1: yeah matches last on average eight seconds
0: brilliant as now, these the, robots see, just, now I'm back in and
1: as these robots just fly around this track they are going so fast in this in this circular arena just trying to hit each other but they're all, they're not remote controlled they're just it was just the robot doing it
0: so like like they can operate much faster than a human operator could. yes. And like some matches, some matches
1: they'll just slam into each other. It's over. Mm. And in some matches, you get this three hundred mile an hour little <laughs> bastard of metal mm. zipping around, missing each other, and then one will just fly off the track. It's fantastic.
0: Are you aware of the terrible robot competition? I'm not. It's wonderful. So it's, it's another Japanese competition. So like, so like building robots is a bit building robots and fighting them is a bit more of a thing in Japan because of course it is, right? Yeah, why not? Um, and so, uh, but not everyone has the capacity, or like the skill, or the time, or the or the resources to build their own fighting robots. So uh, it's been running for the last five or six years, and it runs in a bar somewhere in Japan. Perfect. And and the rulers, uh, y- your your robot cannot be good. <laughs> you cannot build a good robot. Also, you cannot understand how robots work. You cannot if be you- a
1: roboticist.
0: Yeah, if you show any kind of understanding about how robots work, you'll be disqualified. It has to be bad. So like, um, let's uh, so just some of the ones which were entered is a tissue box with four dildos strapped to it, (laughs) and the guy just turned. So it it operates on the sumo rules. So this guy, the guy turned on the dildos all at once, and they they were sort of like the rotating uh, rampant rabbit style ones.
1: Oh, so they kind of crawled it forward. Yeah, and just
0: (laughs) starts going forward. Uh, One guy um, stuck a load of uh, battery powered motors, uh, stuck Barbie legs to the end of them, and attached those to a gun. The, the gun didn't fire. He just wanted a gun there. Okay, I am um, about to say because that's the, wildly dangerous. Yeah, one um, of like uh, there, was, there, was, there was one woman who bought a robot. It was doing very well. It was powered by a hill. She also bought with her, and she had a little hill. <laughs> which she put the robot on and drove it. <laughs> and she only got one chance because if if it like if it missed. The enemy robot, or if the enemy robot managed to sort of outmaneuver it and push it, it was it was just it was just like one of those little Thomas the Tank Engine trains, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but perfect. But they play and they have a uh, like they have a, a like they, there's, there's there's like forty competitors, and then out of out of those, generally about ten just stop working on the train right over, and yes. then so like so like some. So, like 50, so then like they'll, they'll fight in twos and they'll have brackets and go through, and then they'll have a final competitor uh, who choose crowned the winner. But it's such a lovely idea, and there's something really charming and inventive and almost like game jammy about it.
1: Yeah, and it's the fact that, like, nobody's using Arduino's to power a
0: very specific no. mechanism that's like, uh, no,
1: it could go forwards.
0: Yeah. Now, the question was what, what would our plan be to fuck up some badly designed remote control cars? So
1: mm-hmm. my plan would be to wrap you in tinfoil. Now have you go bleep bloop and have a okay. handgun and a hammer.
0: I'm war- I worry that I'm not even out of the two of us I'm not the strongest.
1: You don't need to and... be the strongest, you've got a gun.
0: Right, okay. Like I'm just a bit concerned because like the hammer strikes me as secondary. It's, I'm pretty sure it's these, the last griddle, these, these, obviously. these things can outrun me on a flat surface yes yes, they can I've got tin foil armour on and they're using pneumatic hammers
1: most of them are scoops most of them are about fl- trying to flip you over so you're
0: fine I guess they could probably flip me over as well as the other thing I hadn't thought of that if I magnetic new rocks <laughs> that's it. there's big, big goth boots and I just stamp on it and then kick
1: just neodymium <laughs> magnets on the, on the soles bloop
0: bloop motherfuckers <laughs> it's me a robot I think that's a cruelty to me
1: I'm okay with that
0: yeah I'm not oh. I think I really like the um, I like the sort of piston driven axe or pick mm. or oh, that sort of like that sort of scorpion sting style yeah. thing. I'd also like, um what I'd like is to build a lot of not redundant subsystems, that isn't the right word, hidden subsystems within it, which only got revealed as we went through the contest.
1: That's quite cool.
0: So like like uh, St Havisham's School for Girls is turning up and they've got their like, you know, their their wedge shaped robot and they think they know what they're up against. And then we um us can fly now. <laughs> we, we we push or like or like they they charge towards us with with the wedge shaped robot and we push a button and then we just and then using pneumatic hoppers we leap clean over the top of their robot and it falls into a pit. That's yeah, right. we got pneumatic hoppers, yes, motherfuckers. We've
1: got. I think my my ideal actual robot that isn't just you into in tinfoil would look a, would look a little bit like a Roomba that's raised up a little bit.
0: It's a Roomba with a knife stuck to it.
1: No, no. So so it's okay. just a, it's just a circle. And it looks, mm-hmm. it looks super easy to get flipped. Mm. But what it's got is between its wheels in the center is an electromagnet. <laughs> so what happens is when they try and right. flip it, the electromagnet turns on and it magnetizes itself to the top of the other yeah. robot. So now you, right. can't, you can't be flipped. You can't be put into a hole. You can't be chucked out of the arena because mm. they get themselves out. Mm. And then what you'd have is a is a steel spike that drove through the centre of the electromagnet into the inner workings.
0: Ah, like a kind of limpet with a grenade. Right. Okay. Um, and then and then that's where the flamethrower could, could come into yeah, play. Yeah.
1: And then you could burn the inside of the thing and actually melt wires. Like mm. you insert oh. the flamethrower into the inner. I will casing. say
0: one thing. I will say one thing. One, powerfully sexual. Obviously. Um, two, like a male fish make- might not make for such great TV as it's all going to happen inside the robots.
1: The fire will be visible.
0: Can I can I make one suggested change to your brilliant design? Yes. You've got that very powerful magnet, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Rather than having a spike knock through the underside of the robot, um, f- eight beautiful legs come out of the top <laughs> of our robot and then push up, and that that little bastard is like. <clears throat> Underneath us wheeling around and then we slowly, elegantly, whilst giving them the finger, wander over to a pit and then release the electromagnet. <laughs> I
1: like
0: and that. And we call ourselves well, what would we call ourselves? Strider. I like mmm. More like a special strider. A spider.
1: <laughs> yes. Actually that would look yes. great though, because nobody would be able to see the legs to begin with.
0: Nobody would what, sir?
1: Nobody would see the legs to begin with, they're all inside the chassis. Mm, that's
0: true. And like, why is um, that called the spider? Oh. oh. And actually, and, and like the other reason it's called the spider is we hit a load of spiders in the enemy booth.
1: <laughs> that's so many spiders.
0: <laughs> so many spiders That's not that's not part of the robot. Ah well well they were born in the robot. The spider <laughs> like we have we have a we have a spider colony in the robot.
1: There is some in there now, so it is
0: linked. Please don't damage it, because there's no way we're we're going near it to fix it. (laughs)
1: It's very difficult to get 10,000 spiders back in the robot.
0: Yeah, or like, I I just don't want to interact. They're really angry with us. We put them in a robot? That's not (laughs) where spiders live, guys. And then
1: sent it out to war.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Most robots don't do war. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Lectures. Oh, by the way, I also think having one of the children ride the robots would be would be a way to make it more exciting.
1: Yes, you have to or you like, have to wager a child on the outcome of the match.
0: Or, ha- or having like um like a child and robot team. So, like the first two out, like to ring out or immobilize the enemy, child and robot wins.
1: I'm I'm down with that.
0: And so, like the child would have I don't know like a shovel. And at that point, you're getting like thirteen year olds hitting each other in the face with shovels.
1: Yes, which, which is maybe
0: not, which is better re- than
1: any cockfight I've ever seen.
0: It's maybe not my BBC friendly. I'm worried about that. I'll stick it on Channel Four. Nobody know the difference. Oh yeah, Channel Four be fine. Yeah, I think that's already on Channel 5. <laughs> Channel 5 still broadcasting? I have no I idea. I don't have a telly. I don't know. Sorry, well, sorry. We've got a TV, but I've not plugged it into any sort of
1: broadcasting technology
0: aerial. I think we, we, we've used it to watch Eurovision, and that's it in the last year. <laughs> 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 anyway, thank you for listening to the Hearty Dice Lecture Series. I hope you've learned something. Um, I certainly learned something. I learned what flat Earth theorists believe, which is bogus. Ah, it's lovely. Infinite ice planes, mate. That's D yeah, and D that's, right there. That's where you're at. That's D and D. There's Yetis and shit, no doubt. <laughs> uh, again, thank you to uh, to all of our five dollar patrons who really do. Who really give far too much per episode. But thank you. It means a lot to us. It, it, we really love that you love our show that we do. We really love that you are involved with the community in this way and we want to keep doing this. so thank you very much um if you If you've enjoyed this episode you can you can ask us you can back us at a at a frankly silly level to uh to uh, to us to have us lecture you once a month uh, you can also back us at slightly less silly levels and get access to hearty dice nights a um a an informal chat podcast where Chris and I talk about anything which is not role playing games yes the only rule the only rule thank you and good night good night